We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tyler, really appreciate the time today. We're recording this on Wednesday, a few days after Ole Miss wears the real tree helmets for their win over Kentucky on Saturday. What turned out to be just a postcard Chamber of Commerce day in Oxford from the weather to the wind to the uniforms to the whole thing. What was it like just finally seeing them on the field, seeing the whole deal? I, I know it's been a long process, but t- kind of take me through Saturday a little bit. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've been an Ole Miss fan my whole life, you know, ever since I was three or four years old going to games with my dad. And, uh, you know, we're from Georgia, but always been hardcore Rebels, uh, have been to Falcons games, Braves games. But I can say Saturday was probably the most stressful for me and my family and especially my dad. I think, you know, seeing his design, you know, finally make it on that on that helmet. Um, I think the first time him and Kiffin met on this was back in February of of this year. Um, so, you know, it's been a long process just getting everything together and, you know, figuring out if this is something we could even pull off, um, you know, but seeing it on the field was definitely, you know, we've done a lot of a really cool projects from UFC, uh, to NASCAR, uh, you know, being on uniforms and other professional sports, but, you know, as a, as an Ole Miss fan, I can say this was probably one of the coolest things that has ever happened to our brand is to see, you know, that pattern on that helmet and, you know, when it came down to that final drive, I was a nervous wreck. I mean, I didn't – I saw Neil – I saw him on the sideline and wanted to go introduce myself to him, but I was so nervous I couldn't even talk to anybody. And I was really close to walking in the tunnel and just whatever happens, happens. But I'm glad I got to stay out there for, you know, that last however long it was, minute and a half, um, and see the other turnover. But, yeah, it was it was pretty special. Um you know, I, as far as I can remember, you know, Ole Miss has only ever done a white helmet, powder blue helmet, a navy helmet, and now this. So, uh, you know, pretty surreal. And to see some of the comments from the recruits, uh, just seeing seeing the impact that it made there. Hopefully, you know, that's really the big reason for doing this is to kind of stand out and be different. That's you got the perfect head coach in that, and Coach Kiffin. Um, you know, so hopefully, it made a little bit of a difference there. But uh, you know, definitely cool for Dad. I'm happy for him. 
whose ideal was it? I know your dad obviously designed the pattern. What 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 was sort of that process? And when when you guys go to him in February or having that played out, what was what was sort of Lane's initial thoughts? Yeah, so dad, this has kind of been on his mind for a couple of years and and possibly doing this. We have a really good design team, a good marketing department. Um you know, we, we do a lot of exclusive patterns. Uh, I don't think we've ever done anything exclusive for Nike, but we've done stuff for Columbia, have done stuff for Under Armour. Uh, so, you know, I think dad bringing this, it's a fishing pattern, but really it's more of a, it's more lifestyle than it is fishing. Obviously you're not doing camo patterns to hide from fish, but uh, you know, you're more trying to stand out uh, on these, on these style patterns. So, you know, wave three is a pattern that we've had for a couple of years. And, you know, we really try to, you can go in there and manipulate those colors and kind of make whatever you want to with it. Um, so dad, I think mocked some stuff up back in fall of 21. Um, and then he had a meeting with Lane and Keith Carter in February, took them a bunch of different designs. I'm sure some people that follow coach Kiffin on Twitter have probably seen some of the different, uh, Mm-hmm. some of the different patterns uh, that he he put out there. But, you know, the helmet was really all we could get done for this year. And I think whenever he showed Coach Kiffin, initially his first reaction was, we have to have it. Uh, you know, this was nothing that Dad really pushed. I think when Coach Kiffin first saw it, he goes, we have to have this to stand out and be different from the rest. Um, so that was really the, the first response for him. And, you know, just try – and that's really not a whole lot of time to get – the, the pattern, the helmet finalized for this Kentucky game, um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts uh, between February and last Saturday to make it happen. But, we took a little – we uh, we took a quick break there for you to remove your dogs. What are their names? What what, what we got on the dogs? Well, Swayze's one of them, if you can believe okay. it. Okay. <laughs> and then yeah. Jovi's the other one. My wife's a big Bon Jovi fan, so that's where that name came from. Yeah, I th- as I was saying, I thought it was pretty, pretty good marketing. I guess the, the the tweet that they put out with juice on the couch, it had the real tree helmet and the, the the possible uniform combinations there on the table, and the internet's going, oh, juice and baseball and on the couch. I'm like, no, there's a helmet. There, there's a yeah. weird, there's a helmet there. There's something to that. I thought that was it was a pretty good little uh, little teaser, if you will. Did you when did you know whether they were pairing it with powder or red or what was going with it to to complete the design? I really didn't know until about a week ago. Um, you know, I, I think they made the final decision or maybe a little over a week ago. So it's Wednesday now. I think they made the final decision that Monday or Tuesday uh, because they had to send, you know, they, I think ESPN did a segment on it as well with the helmet. So they had to send off the the jersey and the helmet off to ESPN to film that segment for Saturday's broadcast. Um, so that was actually up to the players. You know, I don't, I don't that that's what they decided to go with powder. I know there was, some conversation and them striping the stadium, but that was, I think what the players decided, uh, the senior leadership there, um, you know, what Jersey to go with. I think they, they thought it probably best matched that powder Jersey. Ole Miss was incredibly receptive. You guys, from a university standpoint, you got it through as fast as possible. And I don't need necessarily specifics or details here, but is it hard just to get this done from the standpoint of other manufacturers, other people who have invested interest in the uniforms? I mean, is there a legal process to this that takes some time? Um, you know, there was really no legal process. You know, the, the, the good thing about the helmet is, is that Ole Miss owns that helmet. So if they wanted to go in there and do something, I think they could. Uh, you know, obviously, in some of the marketing, you had the Realtree chin strap and you had the Realtree logos on the helmet. Uh, that was not a part of the actual game. You know, those were removed. Uh, 
And, and we knew that going into it, that that was not going to be a part of the helmet. That was just more for, you know, the initial release that I think came on that Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so I think just the, the hydra dipping is really the thing that took the most time, you know, just getting those colors to match, you know, how it was on paper. Uh, you know, we try to get it to match that as close as possible, but that hydro dipping process is just, it's a lot more difficult than people think. Uh, so that probably took the longest time. I'd probably say two or three months, uh, you know, even somebody on our team was flying back and forth, just trying to get the colors to look as good as possible. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and also getting to where the helmet could stand out, uh, as, as much as possible too. So, uh, there was a lot of testing done there just to, of how it would look on TV and at a distance. Um, so that was, that was more long and drawn out than I think we would have liked, but we learned a lot going into this, you know, for hopefully next time. Do you anticipate us seeing them again? You know, I think if it's up to coach Kiffin, I think he would probably like to see it again. You know, I, I think just, you know, some of the buzz in and around the recruits was that they really liked it. Sure. Um, you know, which is, if, if they like it, I mean, that's really all you're trying to appease is, is uh, you know, just get attention from, you know, different potential players. Um, I think he would like to see it again. I don't know if it'll be this year um, <clears throat> or not, um, but I, I, guess, I guess we'll just – we'll have to see. It's been a brilliant marketing thing. It, it's, it's gone way past Ole Miss and Mississippi, as you mentioned, game day, and the country from a college football world was talking about it over the course of the week, but especially on Saturday. And it's one of the intriguing things about your family's company. I mean, you, you go back and your dad's obviously done tons of TV shows. And depending on whatever era we're in, the, the, the media that does move the needle from that standpoint, you guys, I think in 1999, you, you were on Dale Earnhardt's door until his passing from a, from a NASCAR standpoint. And that was, the, that was sort of really the heyday of NASCAR when it was blowing up. And it really took that next step into a, into a dominant sport. And then now you've sort of transitioned that thing into, into YouTube and more videos and more things kind of like, um, you know, from a, from a viral social media standpoint, what's been the driver to that? I mean, your dad obviously had a mind for it. You've taken over what's, what's allowed Realtree to kind of take that next step each time and find whatever is working in that, in that, in that era. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, dad's one of his biggest strengths is, and he's a marketing uh, major at, at Ole Miss, but you know, we're a licensing company. We don't manufacture anything. So all we do is license our camo patterns and then we market them and try to build demand for those products to companies that we license to. So I think that's just one of our, you know, biggest strengths and, and hopefully it continues for a long time. But, um, you know, he's just a really good marketer and, you know, picks and chooses the right projects to go after. And, you know, like he has said, content is king. And that's something we've always done a good job is building good hunting content um, and then picking the right projects, you know, like this old Miss helmet or, you know, we have a couple of guys in UFC, uh, Dell Earnhardt and NASCAR, like you said, it was the heyday for back then. So um, I think that's, you know, picking those right things and not being oversaturated uh, in too many areas, um, I think has helped us stand out maybe from the rest. Um I was and sorry. I'm, I'm, I guess I was letting you finish your thought there. I kind of stopped. Um, yeah, I was doing a little bit of prep, and I saw the video where you gave your dad the Dale Earnhardt car um, yeah. as a groomsman, a best man gift when the, the week before your wedding. And your dad didn't say a lot; he kind of whatever. But he gets, you can see he was getting choked up, yeah. and uh, that was from Richard Childress. I, 
we, we've talked a lot on our podcast over the years about Earnhardt's death. And uh, we have a guest named Tommy Prater who was around that day and different things. And we've told a bunch of stories, but you could just sort of see that impact. And he mentioned sitting up with Richard Childress over the course of that night. I mean, it's one of those deals where it looked like even two decades later, something could still impact your father. Yeah. So, you know, dad didn't want to show this on camera and it was completely fine. But I think when the cameras kind of stopped rolling and we started again, I mean, he cried, um, you know, a, a lot. So, I mean, Dell meant a lot to him. You know, I, I think you know, there are a few people out there that, you know, in those early 90s, that was kind of in the beginning days of Realtree. You know, dad started the company back in 86. Um, he actually met Earnhardt back in 88, was on the car for the very first time um, in 1999. Uh, but between those years, before dad even got on the car, I mean, Dell really took my dad underneath his wing. And said, you know, we're going to make something of this thing. Always wanted to go on hunts with dad, wanted to promote it as much as he could. And Dale had no, he didn't have to do that, you know, other than he just liked my dad and, and believed in the brand. Um, so dad will never forget that. He was really just a true friend, um, you know, so it goes beyond just, you know, having our logo on that race car. I mean, Dale's truly somebody that, in my opinion, made a difference for the brand and probably, uh, you know, got it to new heights a lot quicker than it maybe ever would have gotten to, you know, back in the nineties. Um, and that was really important. I think it really propelled us even further, um, you know, in the early two thousands, even after his death, um, if it wasn't for people like a, a Dell Earnhardt or a Jeff Foxworthy or a Chipper Jones that had no reason to, other than they just liked Realtree and like my dad. Um, so I, I, I credit Dell and I think dad does too, for a lot of our success in those days. How did your dad get to Ole Miss? What's the recruiting story there? Um, so he uh, he was recruited hard by Auburn. You know, we're 45 minutes from Auburn. Um, Alabama was another one that was after him pretty hard. But dad's an outdoorsman. And so when he first went out there to Oxford, I think he saw all the, the good duck hunting, all the good deer hunting. Uh, and, and honestly, he says that was the difference maker to get into Ole Miss was just the, the outdoors side of it. Um, and I, I think, you know, some of the coaches even knew how big of an outdoorsman he was. Uh, and they took him to different places on Sardis. Uh, and that was really what got him to Oxford. And I think, you know, back then too, he said, you know, seeing Archie, he was a year behind Archie. Um, and back then Ole Miss was really clicking. So uh, I think that's probably what got him to Oxford a little bit quicker too, was just, you know, how good of an offense and, and they were, he was a wide receiver. So they were getting the balls to, to the receivers a lot. And I think that's why he led up uh, at Ole Miss. What's kind of the first, and I guess it probably goes back to your first memories, but what was it sort of like growing up? I mean, in a family that's that centered in the outdoors, your dad's doing all this, the travel and the, the shows and different things and everything that involved with that. I mean, did you, did you take to it from birth? I mean, did you kind of feel like you wanted to stay in this business to some extent from the beginning? What was sort of your, your path to through, through that? Yeah. You know, I always, I don't think I realized until maybe I was like 15 or 16 years old, kind of what I was in the middle of, honestly, like to me, it was never really that big of a deal. I don't I ever realize how big of a, a deal dad was or real tree was to a lot of people, you know, it was nothing for me at three or four years old to travel and go hunting with a camera with my dad to go Turkey hunting. That's just what it was. Right. I mean, I didn't really, um, I didn't really know any different. So, um, 
Yeah, and I think, you know, just spending time in the outdoors with dad, I realized that this is just kind of always what I wanted to do. I mean, I, I love hunting in the outdoors first and foremost. Um, and that, that passion developed from a very early age. Um, so I never really envisioned doing anything else. Um, you know, this has always just kind of been my first, first love. And, you know, hopefully, you know, this is something we can continue for another 20, 30 years and, you know, continue this legacy, um, of this brand, but, you know, I, I love it. You're running through a lot of content. You're doing shorts, more full length stuff. I mean, you can go to your, your YouTube page. I'll link all those kind of things on all the different things you guys have going on right now. What is the time frame, or how do those episodes sort of work? I mean, how big of a time frame are we talking about? And what is what is the process of shooting you know, a 25 minute episode for one of these things? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the stuff we, we've transitioned. We have our own uh, app called Realtree 365. And so, you know, we're used to film and we still do this. Uh, we have a couple of people that still host this show, but Realtree Outdoors on the Outdoor Channel, um, you know, so that will be filmed right now. And then those episodes will go up a year from now or they'll go up in the summer of 23. And so that'll be a 22 minute episode. Mm -hmm. But I think now people want the content a lot quicker. So you have a lot of different hunting shows, including ours. Uh, we have about five shows right now that are under that semi-live format. And it's a lot of work, a lot of editing, um, you know, but just a couple of weeks ago in Nebraska and Mississippi, we try to turn the hunts out the very next day. So if we hunt, so if I were to go hunt today, we'll try to have it up by six o'clock tomorrow evening. Wow. Yeah. So that just seems to do the best, you know, whether you're successful or not, I think people just like to follow along with you in real time because hunting content, I mean, although it's, you know, good during the summer, people want hunting content right now. Uh, so we have a duck hunting show that does that, a deer hunting show that I host along with a few others. Um, we do that during turkey season as well. Uh, but the only thing is, you know, you, you do have to bring two or three editors on the road with you during that time, just because it's a, it's a lot to, to turn out. And sometimes we don't get it up the very next day. It may take us two days to get today's hunt up. Um, you know, because we will try to follow along instead of it just being about my hunt from today, we'll try to have two or three other people in the woods as well. Um, and then, you know, you'll try to follow all three stories. So it can be, it can be a, it can be taxing at times on our video department. It's an interesting media conversation in general, because in, in, in past times, TV shows, you know, you had the one episode a week and they wanted to see the kill and they wanted to see the action and the climax and that sort of thing. But, you know, in today's world, I feel like because of social media and YouTube, they want to see the people. They kind of want to follow the story more and it's instantaneous as far as when they want it. But there is a slow burn element that I would assume, you know, hey, if it didn't go exactly perfect, that's perfectly fine. Let's just keep the process going. It's more narrative based than maybe it was a decade or two decades ago, because I, mean, I see that even from some of our podcast things. It's nowhere near what you guys are doing. But it, it, it's there is a certain journey element that I think has has transitioned versus probably when your dad was just getting started through some of his uh, his big years. Yeah, no, you hit it on the head. And, you know, back then, I think it was all about monster bucks. I mean, those were the popular DVDs <laughs> yeah. that, that, that dad had was people wanted to see big deer fall. But to me, the way I see it now is some of our best viewed content is not about shooting a deer at all or shooting a turkey or shooting an elk, shooting a duck. I mean, it's really more about the in-between stuff. 
Um, you know, dad had a, had a saying that really, you know, killing a deer was just the period at the end of a sentence, but people really are tuning in to see that full sentence and what's in between. Um, because, you know, getting from, they, they like seeing getting from A to Z instead of just jumping all the way to Z because there really is a lot of storytelling uh, about how we got to where we did, whether it's planting food plots or changing up strategies, moving a stand to a different location. Um, and sometimes where you can't show this on a 22 minute episode on outdoor channel, we may hunt a, a specific deer for a month. It may be a whole season that you don't get it done, but it's really hard to do that justice on the outdoor channel or TNN. And I think that's why you can relate to a lot more people on this longer form content. Um, you know, that, Hey, we get, we go weeks and weeks without any success, but that's in reality, that's just part of hunting. Do you notice that whether it be deer or elk or whatever the, 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 the big game in that family is, does that play much better than other animals? I mean, how, what do you sort of see from a, from a content or, or, or standpoint from that, that way? Yeah. Whitetail's king. I okay. mean, you know, just, I mean, whitetail's always kind of, you know, there are more deer hunters in the U S than there is, elk or turkey or anything else so um you know that's why our focus has been on on whitetail primarily and and just our history is uh you know the deer hunting just has always been king for us and i think in, across the industry it's the same way i mean you do have niches to where you know there are different shows in different parts of the country where they may specialize in turkey or elk but for what we do uh, you know we're kind of known as white whitetail content creators at heart mm -hmm. it's relatable yeah, it's I mean, relatable. you go out yeah. and you can, hey, it's things they can implement and understand and see, and they and people understand the story more. And this is a broad question, but where do you sort of see the hunting industry right now in 2022? I mean, how do you how do you feel like it is? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, you know, I think it's been really good. I, mean, I think coming out of COVID, um, especially too, I mean, I think you had a lot of new hunters come out of COVID. If there's one good thing that came out of that was that there, the license sales and even this past season, um, even it's trending even this season as well as license sales across the board for, for whitetail uh, turkey has been through the roof. So I, I really hope you have a whole new generation of hunters that are going to jo- join our sport. And I think the fishing side of it too, which has been a, a, a whole different side of our business that we've really enjoyed a lot of success in and honestly never thought we'd be in fishing um, or this lifestyle category, but that's really, that's really done well too. I mean, the fishing is just really taken off across the board. I mean, I, I'm not a fisherman, um, but you know, the, the way people follow these tournaments and these pro bass fishermen and um, you know, that's really a whole nother side of the industry that I'm not familiar with, but luckily we have a lot of people that, that are at Realtree um, but yeah, you know, for right now, it's really strong. I've seen videos where you get quite excited when you, 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 you get a kill or you complete a complete a hunt or that kind of thing. And look, we're, we're all working to some extent, but I mean, do you ever have the day where you get up and go, God, I just don't really want to do this today, but I got to fill a video or does the adrenaline kick in at some uh, point while you're out there? How do you sort of manage the days where you're a little more excited versus days you're not? Yeah. No, there are definitely some days where it can be really taxing. I think, you know, for me now being married, I've been married for a little bit over a year and a half. And um, I met her at Ole Miss too, but, you know, we've been together for five years. It's just, it can be a lot of time spent on the road. I mean, I think the longest I've been gone since her and I have been together, I was gone for 22 days straight. And that's just a lot. It's just a lot, you know, getting up at five o'clock in the morning, you know, going out to sit in a tree stand. And then I think what's so frustrating too is, you know, you may get out there some days knowing it's not going to be good. The weather's warm. Uh, you know, the, the buck you saw a few days ago is locked down with the doe, um, and you just don't have a lot of hope. And so I try not to stay gone like that as much these days, but, you know, there, there are definitely days where it can be a, a struggle just to be motivated to get up that day. Um, but that's just part of it. I mean, there, you know, there are going to be days where, where that happens, but, um, uh, you know, when I think at the end of those hunts, when it finally does work, that's when the adrenaline kind of kicks in and, you know, it, it's, it's definitely worth it in the end, but you know, there, there's been those long trips where it's just a drag, but that's just, it's part of what we do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's any job at some point, someday. I mean, that's what I, I try not to complain too much because I'm like frustrated by something. It's like, just come on, you're watching a game for a living. I'm like, I know I'm not <laughs> digging ditches. I understand it is yeah. what it is. I'm not like, this is all very relative. Just inside my scope today kind of sucks. Like that, that, that's, that's right. it. It's not, and, it's not awful. Yeah. And nobody wants to hear me complain because I mean, <laughs> I, I was obviously really lucky. I was, you know, born into this in a sense, although I, I, I love it to death. I don't ever want to be the one to complain on camera or to complain to anybody. Cause don't get me wrong. There's nothing else I'd rather do. I mean, I, I love doing this every day. I love taking people for the first time and, you know, letting them experience this. Um, you know, and getting somebody else addicted, that's kind of what I, what I really thrive on. Um, so no, no complaints overall. 
Yeah. How many pieces of camo are in your house? Oh, you know, I actually just had to move a lot out. Uh, Did you? Yeah, because I, I actually had a room dedicated to just hunting clothes. But our farm is about 20 minutes away from my house. And so my wife actually made me move some of that up yeah. there. So there is some on the ground. You can't see it right here, but I probably have laying around. This is like my little office upstairs that she lets me have. I probably got 15, 20 okay. garments up here. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast, I guess a couple months ago with Cam Haynes, um, marathon runner, outdoorsman. And he was talking about that in content, especially being careful to point out, you know, ethical hunting, taking care of the environment, whether it be the animal or yourself and treating everything else certain ways. And you, you, you guys do a lot of that too. You talk about different, you know, the sizes, the ages, the environments, don't do this, don't do that. How big of an emphasis does that need to be or a responsibility when you're creating content to sort of send the correct messages and what you're doing? Yeah, I think, um, you know, that's obviously what we try to do is to you know, be very ethical and, and, and be good and portraying the sport in the right way. You know, um, this is not exactly what you asked, but <clears throat> I, I will, this is something I've harped on too, is, you know, although we do try to take mature deer and, you know, try to take, uh, you know, a, a bigger buck in most cases, man, it's okay if you don't, you know, I, I tell a lot of people that, you know, are getting into, getting into the sport for the first time or, or don't have the amount of days that I do to go and hunt, man, just get out there. <clears throat> you know, I, if, if I only had a limited amount of days where I could go and do this, you know, my standards may change on, on exactly what we go out there and take, you know, every year. So, um, you know, it, it is important, you know, to go out there and, and do it the right way. And, try not to rush a shot on something. Um, you know, we always try to wait for the right opportunity on, on making an ethical shot on a deer and, um, you know, and, and just trying to, <clears throat> trying to learn from it. I see you've got the, uh, the brave shirt on there. They clinched the division here this week. You, you, you've been pretty locked in, uh, you're, you're locked in all the time. Uh, did you, because you're dealing with this in two things. I mean, you get an Ole Miss national title in baseball. You get the Braves World Series win last year. A little fat and happy right now, Tyler, as far as how this baseball thing is working out. Did you find yourself with the, the same zeal, or was it different as you followed the Braves in the season? Yeah, I was just I was just as excited. You know, that was definitely <clears> – <throat> I feel <clears throat> like I've struggled as an Ole Miss fan and a Braves fan for a long time, but then all of a sudden in one year you're kind of spoiled. <laughs> Um, but I was definitely cool. You know, one of my really good buddies is Austin Riley with the Braves and, you know, to see him kind of have success and to see the Braves make their run. I went to, I went to the three games in Atlanta. Then I went to the game in Houston for that final game. And then I was in Omaha for just about all every game, but two games. I think I missed one Arkansas game and maybe the very first game I missed out there. Um, you know, but that was definitely a, a run that I will never forget. That was uh, pretty special as an old Miss and a Braves fan to to witness that. I never, and I was kind of content. Like I may never see this in my lifetime, and mm -hmm. I was okay with that. But uh, to see it in, in both of those teams, there were definitely some tears shed. I'll, I'll admit. At what point did it sort of get emotional in Omaha? Um. So I was actually up in the AD's box with Keith. And so I've known Keith for a long time, just been a, 
uh, you know, family friend, you know, when he was under Ross and Keith's always been really good to us as a hunting buddy too, and have taken him and his son, Drew. Um, you know, I think when I saw him kind of get a little emotional uh, on that last out, I mean, that's when it really kind of hit me because I mean, I know the the amount of stress that, you know, somebody like him was under, you know, during that time with Coach Bianca and, you know, dad is dad's close with Coach B too. Um, you know, to see them kind of make that run and to kind of pull it off. I mean, that's I think it kind of got all of us up there. And then you also uh, helped out with the shots a little bit and get the win yes. there across yeah, the street at Rocco's, not just the uh not just at the game because I wrote about it in the book. There's a semi-chapter on, on on Rocco's and the whole shot challenge. But it was perfect because you probably are only talking about three fan bases. You're talking about Ole Miss, Arkansas, and LSU to some extent. That would Two of them have to be together, and then two have to win to the level that they did. Um, I guess I was not overly shocked this thing went crazy. I would assume you're not either, and it became pretty competitive there after a minute. Yeah, I was I – was, I was a little shocked. I mean, I, you know, I didn't know it was going to be when I saw it was between Arkansas and Ole Miss though. I was like, all right, this thing could get out of hand. Um, you know, and I, like, I remember somebody gave me the idea. They're like, Tyler, you really need to help us on this shot challenge. I was just walking down the street and Ole Miss fans stopped me. And I called my dad. I said, dad, we, we really may win over a lot of fans here. <laughs> we can get involved on this shot challenge. And he was like, how many do you want to get? I was like, 2,500. <laughs> so we'll buy some for the, the whole bar. Uh, and he said, uh, just go for it. Just go for it. Don't, don't okay. say anything. Else. Just go do it. So, you know, I went down there and we were passing out and I had my little brother, you know, he walked in the restaurant with me and he did not know what to do, you know, just people going nuts. But uh, no, that was definitely cool to see all the excitement with that. That was the only time I think we had purchased shots was just that one time. But I was glad to see the Rebs end up on top there too. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're you're obviously there, just watching the the people and the fans and everybody who had been waiting so long or had, you know, because this thing got misinterpreted a little bit. I, I think I, I will defend fans from the standpoint. And, and look, Mike and I are, are friends. I mean, I, 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 I like Mike a lot, but it was never that anybody thought he was a bad guy or the program was in a bad spot. It was just they had put so much emotional capital into this thing for so long that they just wanted it to pay off. I mean, this fan base deserved a title with the amount of sweat equity and emotional capital and everything they put into it and to sort of see that come to fruition. I mean, it was, it was, it was a cleansing as much as anything else. I mean, you watch it and it was almost like all the other crap just sort of faded away there at one time. I mean, it's, it's something that I've written and said this, I got writer's blog because it wasn't, I didn't know what to say. It was because I had a hundred things to say and it was, everything was just sort of spinning all at the same time. I mean, it was, it was a spectacle that, that will be pr- pretty, pretty hard to forget just watching the other people. Yeah. It's my most memorable sports memory. I mean, it just is. Um, that was definitely, I mean, just seeing, like you said, all the fans in that place, you know, we stayed at the Oklahoma hotel and 70% of the fans in the Oklahoma team hotel were Ole Miss fans. I mean, people had just been, I mean, that kind of emotion, I just don't know if any other school, um, that could have pulled the fan support uh, and that, that just have been dying to see this for so long. Um, you know, I don't think anybody else could have done it the way that Ole Miss fans did it, you know, for that, those, that series, that Oklahoma series. Um, and it was definitely, I mean, that was, 
that was something I'll never never forget. And hopefully a lot of Ole Miss fans don't take it for granted. I know, you know, Mississippi State winning it the year before. Obviously, I know y'all have talked about it on here, but it didn't do uh, Coach B or, uh, you know, the program any favors, Mississippi State doing that. And just to see them come out and barely make the tournament, go all the way. Um, I mean, you can't write it up any better. Not to go from a bad one, I mean, a good one to a bad one, but you're also a Falcons fan. You're at the Super yeah. Bowl when they were uh, they were they were up twenty eight to three. What's it going to take to get you back emotionally invested in the Falcons at this point? You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that Super Bowl was pretty tough. You know, I was there with my family, and um, I have actually not been back to a Falcons game since. It's not that I don't still root for them. I still do. I, I watch a lot of games. Just. I think after that experience, I'm a pretty passionate fan in, in everything that we do um, or every team that we support. So, you know, to kind of go through that was was pretty tough. But, you know, they're looking competitive. I've watched them the last couple of weeks, I mean, Mariota, and, you know, they're winning some football games. And, um, you know, the team seems to have a lot of heart. You know, I read some stuff before the season started that they had one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Well, I think that's kind of proven not to be true. Uh, you know, there's a couple of games, a couple of games they did lose. I think they easily could have won, you know, they're better uh, than the saints. The saints stole that one in, in week one. Yeah. It, you know, when the, before the season started, I was like, man, maybe they just tank it and let's go get a Bryce young or Stroud or somebody, but you know, they're, I think they're a little bit more competitive than people gave them credit for. So, uh, you know, we'll see, I, I'd say that they're on the rise and, you know, I've always been a big Matt Ryan fan too. So Hopefully, I'm pulling for him to have success with Indianapolis and would love to see him go and make a run for the championship, too. But they got to protect him a little bit better on the O-line. Last couple things. Um, from a real true standpoint, like I said, I'm really impressed with you guys, the content and just sort of the way that, that you promote and market the brands. How far forward are you always <laughs> thinking? I mean, you guys have things in place in your heads now that you're working on for 23 that nobody knows about. I mean, what's – what is sort of the forward vision as, as you guys plan each each quarter or each year moving forward? Yeah, so patterns, uh, you know, a lot of uh, people don't realize how complicated a pattern and how long of a process that may take. So we just released a pattern called Realtree Max 7. Uh, it, it replaced Realtree Max 5, which is primarily our waterfowl pattern. Um, you know, so we take a lot of pictures. This was really the most involved I've ever been on a, a camo pattern with my dad. My dad still does a lot of the camo patterns himself. So that pattern right there took about three years from start to finish. Um, we went to a couple of different duck clubs. Actually, one of them was in Mississippi. The other two were in Arkansas um, after the season was over. And we took about 5,000 images at each location. So we had about 15,000 images total. And a lot of those we don't use, but we do go through them um, with a couple of our designers on our team. And, you know, dad and I will pick out different elements that we really liked and we'll try to piece together what a pattern may look like. Well, that can take up to eight months to a year on, on designing that pattern. Um, and then from there, you know, getting the colors narrowed down to, to 13 different colors. And then you have to go through the hard good side um, you know, trying to get it to, to look right, how it matches that piece of paper, very similar to how we did on the Ole Miss helmet. Um, it's a very complicated and long process, which can take sometimes a year to a year and a half. Um, so, you know, we, we, we actually have a couple of patterns already somewhat in the can, you know, some of them are still work in progresses. Um, 
you know, but we, we have a couple in the tank right now, and, but the fishing side of it on the lifestyle patterns, we're working on those just about every single day. Um, I'd probably say we have five or six that we're working on right now. Um, because you know, some of these that we do for Columbia, Nike, Under Armour, I mean, they want a new pattern every single year. It's not like we're on the hunting side. Some of those patterns may last like the max five pattern was a seven year pattern. Uh, the real tree edge pattern is usually a same deal, sometimes a seven to 10 year pattern that we keep out in the marketplace, but these fishing patterns, lifestyle patterns, we turn them out every single year. So, um, it keeps our team really busy. You mentioned 13. Is that just the number of colors that were in that particular pattern? And you guys kind of have a sweet spot on how many shades or, 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 or I guess, hues so, you want to use in a, in a pattern? Yeah, we have a sweet spot right there. You know, you have a lot of different companies that um, can only use those 13 patterns. That seems to be kind of the happy medium, because if you get any more than that, um, the pattern's going to look very different, maybe from one garment or one piece of hard good from the next. So, you know, trying to stay in those 13 colors, and to try to have it best match the way that we go to market with it, um, you know, seems to be the best fit for us. You know, that 12 to 13 is kind of the sweet spot. You guys, next again, I mean, last thing, really quick time, the home run with Kiffin and with all these things going on, and you've always been supporters of Ole Miss. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to put off that it's just some new thing at all. But sort of you guys' vision matched with where Ole Miss is in administration right now, Lane's vision, I mean – how has you seen that relationship? It seems like everything coexists on what you guys want to do. And Lane is always open to anything that, that anybody has that could push the envelope or be new or interesting that could really, uh, you know, make sense with the recruits and the fan base. Yeah. I mean, you know, like dad told Coach Kiffin from day one, we just want to help. If, if we feel like this can make a difference, we just want to help. I'm not going to lie. It's great marketing for us. But, you know, Realtree doesn't really make – we don't make any money off of this deal. I mean, this is not – anything but just a really good marketing play probably very similar to what we do in nascar um you know but we already have a couple of different designs there that if we do go forward with something different for next year if we're still able to do it um you know we're working on i think the struggle with the pattern that we that we bought was that we really had to kind of format that wave three pattern to the helmet instead of vice versa so i think going forward we have a lot of different patterns in the tank that we could manipulate and play around with and maybe even design something specific for Ole Miss and the university. Um, but you know, that, that's just, you know, we're, that's, that's a work in progress and only if coach Kiffin and the school want to do it. I think if it was up to coach Kiffin, I don't want to speak for him. I think he, he would like to continue on and, uh, and do this. I mean, he's all about trying to stand out and create new boxes. Um, that's something he said a lot was just creating a new box and, um, you know, trying to do something that other, other schools are not doing. Um, so we'll see where it goes. You know, we may try to even take it to other sports inside of Ole Miss. Oh. If we can design something exclusive, you know, I think that's the key is like, I don't want to just give them a pattern that we have given out to other, other companies. I think it needs to be something exclusive for the university. Yeah. Well, uh, tell people where they can find your YouTube stuff. What are you guys going on from a, from an online community right now? Yeah, so we're, you know, we're traveling. This is big, uh, you know, deer seasons right here for everybody. So Realtree Road Trips is a show that I host with a few other people. Uh, we're traveling to Kansas in a couple of weeks. We're going to be in Georgia uh, up until then hunting. 
although it's been a little slow here, but Realtree Road Trips on YouTube. You can also download the Realtree 365 app. We have good duck cutting content on there. We have some big game with elk hunting content on there as well, all in that semi-live format. Um, and then other than that, Realtree Outdoors YouTube, you can go find that on there. Um, you know, a lot of the same content, you know, a little bit broader with some of our pro staff on that platform, but that's where we'll be the next for the rest of the season. Tyler, I really appreciate it. Thanks for the time today. And let's, uh, let's do it again after this, after the Braves go back to back. Look forward to it, Chase. Thanks for having me on today. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.